congratulations, you. You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Yes, you are. I'm on the phone with Professor Gail Pacheco. She is Professor of Economics and Director of the New Zealand Work Research Institute, AUT. How are you, Gail? Good morning. So, New Zealand government has made continued changes in recent years to the education system. 2023, we saw a rollout of the new history curriculum and a seeming greater focus as well recently towards combating math and literacy because there has been a decline in numeracy and literacy rates since 2009. So what I wanted to ask you is based on your studies, and your recent research published is how has this happened? How has there been two out of five 15-year-olds only just meeting the literacy and numeracy standards or falling off, failing to reach their standards? Yeah, so what we look at is um, how many fall below the baseline, uh, which I think is a really important threshold because it's not just uh, about achieving academically, mm-hmm. uh, which some people uh, think it may be. It's also about um, what's a basic baseline which enables students to participate effectively and productively in life. Um, and what we find is that um, in 2009, for example, we had 14% of students falling below that baseline mm-hmm. uh, for literacy and 15% in math. And then by 2018, uh, this had climbed to 19% and 22% uh, respectively. Um, so these are concerning trends. And I think what's even more concerning is um, the distribution. So what we find for Māori and Pacific in terms of their trends over time mm-hmm. uh, and the inequities there as well. And so what has exactly changed in New Zealand since, say, 2009? Or does this study really just show a genuine trend of poor outcomes across the New Zealand education system? I, I think this sits alongside a number of other poor outcomes uh, in education, because we've seen a decline, for example, in NCA results mm-hmm. since 2017. There's been uh, a lot of discussion and debate about attendance as well mm-hmm. uh, and what's been happening with trends in attendance rates. So there's a number of things going on, and it's difficult to pinpoint any definitive causal factors because there's likely um, multiple interconnected and contributing drivers here, which is why we need more research, we need to identify best practice and what works well in this space. And you mentioned Māori and Pacifica. They seem to be the worst off compared to Pākehā students. Is there any reason for this that you find in the studies? Is there any reason why it's Māori and Pacifica? Is this an institutional problem? Yeah, well, there's been other research um, looking at uh, differences in uh, edu- a range of educational outcomes for Māori and Pacifica. But what we find is, um, you know, in 2009, I think it was 24% of Māori students fell below the baseline. So that's, you know, uh, close to double what the average is. And, and then this increased to 30% by 2018 for Māori. Um, the, de- the decline was a bit smaller for Pacific, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but their numbers were already so high. Mm-hmm. You know, their numbers are more than a third of them. 
uh, are falling below the baseline in 2009, and it's still more than a third in 2018. Mm-hmm. And it's something like 40% for um, uh, numeracy. And what's concerning here is, you know, these groups are going to be a much bigger proportion of our working age population in the coming years, mm-hmm. uh, given their demographics. So uh, we need to address this soon, otherwise it's going to be a problem for our workforce in the coming years. And yeah, that was a big correlation you found in your studies, right? Is that often those failing to meet the the basic level of numeracy and literacy, they often had poor outcomes in life, such as their earnings, uh, hospitalization, etc. Mm-hmm. And yes, oh. yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so what, what we actually do in this particular study is. It, it, uh, it follows these uh, young people who were found to have low literacy or numeracy and falling below that baseline mm-hmm. uh, when they were 15 years old. And then we follow them for 10 years to see what their outcomes are in terms of education, employment, income, health, justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can give you a few examples. So, for example, um, those who had above the baseline uh, were four times more likely to get a bachelor's degree than mm-hmm. those who are below the baseline. Um, those who were low skilled, um, you know, had at least 59% of them had at least one hospitalization uh, between the age of 15 and 25, compared to around 40% with higher skills. And I think one of the more stark ones was. Um, you are much more likely to engage in criminal activity. So uh, a quarter of this group of young people had a conviction by the time they were 25 compared to just 8% of the group who had above baseline skills. And did that have any part in ethnicity as well, just to bring back to that point, was there high rates with Maori Pacifica students being a higher like hospitalisation or lower earnings, etc.? Yes, yeah, so there, there were, we looked at ethnic differences as well, and we can see there's some clear ethnic differences, particularly uh, in the labour market outcomes, which mm-hmm. uh, correlate with other research we've done on um, things like ethnic pay gaps and things like that. And I believe gender also played a large part in this as well, right? I saw that women who fell below the, the numeracy and literacy line often were, often earned a lot less than women who went on to do bachelor degrees. Yes, and, and that also, I mean, we've also done uh, gender pay gap research uh, uh, for the Ministry for Women uh, a number of years ago, and that matches what we find, but... What we find in this particular study is, um, yeah, the labour market differences are much more stark mm-hmm. for women. So low-skilled low women have much lower employment rates and earnings than the higher-skilled women. Um, and part of this, when we looked at the data, is related to uh, raising children. Um, um, low-skilled low women, those with low literacy and numeracy, have twice the average number of children as women in the above-baseline group. And... What has what sort of policies has has the government tried to do anything to solve this, to help with these decline in numeracy and literacy rates, or to help those those who are falling behind to possibly 
have an incentive to get above the threshold? Mm. Well, there's two areas here really to look at. One is, uh, and this is what we talk about in our article, it's, it's really important to get the curriculum refresh mm-hmm. right. You know, there's a new literacy framework that's being worked on, um, and you know, it's really important for this framework to get the right balance between the breadth and depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's often a hard area to tackle. But what this research shows is how important those basic foundational skills are. You know, that mm-hmm. without those skills. Uh, you know, it's going to have really long-term uh, impacts in a range of well-being. It's not just about academic achievement, but it's about your well-being in a range of um, arenas. Um, and then the other area that is something we're also looking at in future research is the government has put quite a lot of money into literacy and numeracy interventions for adults. Mm-hmm. So those who already, uh, you, know, you know, our study focused on youth, but those who get to the stage where um, they're adults living uh, in the workforce uh, with low literacy and numeracy or trying to get into the workforce and have low literacy and numeracy, they've put a lot of money into uh, funding interventions in this space. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing, is the ne- which is our next step of our research, is trying to evaluate these interventions, which I think is a really important thing that should be done to understand if we're going to put money into um, such policies, we need to understand if those policies work. And yeah, you mentioned how it seems like the, the government is is trying is trying to improve this. Is this something that the entire government, like across multiple ministries, or is it just something the Ministry of Education should tackle itself? I think um, literacy and numeracy are often related to a number of other uh, socioeconomic factors. Mm-hmm. And um, we know in New Zealand, for instance, that there's a long tail of underperformance. I mean, an OECD report found that socioeconomic status matters more in New Zealand mm-hmm. than it does in other countries uh, for these educational outcomes. So that, to me, that in itself says it's, it's more than just the Ministry of Education. It, it's, a, you know, a range of other policies that may be relevant here. Right, and you mentioned... Um, oh, like compared to overseas, how does this study correlate with overseas trends, such as in Australia or in other English-speaking countries like America, Canada, etc.? Is there any correlation? Uh, well, there are some countries where they've also had a decline, mm-hmm. but in general, we're falling further behind, both in terms of absolute and relative terms. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's not that we're doing the same as what's following a general trend overseas, because if that was the case, then you know our absolute would be falling, but mm-hmm. we would still be relatively in the same ranking as we were before. But we're actually falling behind on both fronts. Thank you for listening to our Radio 191 FM podcast. There's heaps more at r1.co.nz.